We've invited the founders of the Bloomington-based Terran Robotics startup onto the program today. The company focuses on using artificial intelligence and drone technology, among others, to construct environmentally sound buildings out of natural materials. Um, Terran Robotics is a recent recipient of a National Science Foundation grant worth about a quarter of a million dollars. Danny Weddle, Zach Dweil, and Nate O'Donnell, thanks for joining us on WFHB News. Thank you for having us. Danny, you've been building tiny homes out of natural materials for about 10 years now, by my count, here in Bloomington. And as you know, this city is facing an acute housing shortage. And in the U.S. as a whole, it's much the same story. Some analysts are predicting that the next decade will see a construction boom to meet the demand. So why not use standard building materials and methods, you know, like wooden frame construction, drywall, fiberglass insulation, and the like? So all those materials are expensive. Uh, You could make arguments about their sustainability. Uh, But looking at automation and the way we're approaching building these homes, uh, we need the simplest thing to put together, and that's cob. Is fairly predictable. Uh, it's an aggregate form, and we can stack it and form it. And what is cob? Uh, it's a mixture of clay, sand, and straw. Sometimes you'll have maybe Portland or lime in there for stabilization, but we're trying to stay true to form and stay with just uh, sand, clay, and straw. Uh, and then you'll have some kind of uh, exterior coating on it. It can be oils. Often you'll just see more earth. Sometimes you'll have a mixture of lime on the outside too to give a little bit more weather protection. Some of the renderings that you all have posted online are are really beautiful, these kind of earthen walls. It strikes me it's this kind of old meets new. And Zach, you and Danny have collaborated in the past on various, or at least on some natural building projects. What makes this project different and what kind of building technologies is Taryn using and developing at the moment? Yeah, so I think what what makes us different is just our our uh, extreme focus on what is automatable and what is uh, what is cheap, what like what we what we can do with low cost materials. Um, so with how can we how can we use things like clay and the soil um, and sand to to build to build a structure autonomously? Uh, so to to do the uh, the actual construction, we're using a heavy lift drone, uh, which can lift somewhere between fifty and hundred pounds, uh, and Picking, picking up cob, putting it on the wall, uh, and, and also using that, that drone to uh, form the walls, kind of shape it like you would a sculpture, uh, and, and eventually also doing other tasks like being able to pick up uh, pavers and bricks uh, and uh, fiberglass mesh, uh, ceiling panels, all, all sorts of things. So the, 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 drone, the, the benefit of the drone is that we can kind of move, move anywhere on the construction site uh, without, without worrying about running into, you know, having, having uh, Stuff on the on the ground, or um, having having mud in, in places to get in the way of, or having to reach really high up with some kind of long arm, and so uh, it's just it's a very flexible platform. We can we can automate the walls at first, but also move on to all kinds of other things, uh, and hopefully get to a point where we're automating the majority of the construction process. Is this functional as of now? Is there any kind of precedent for using automation and drones in building more generally? Sure. There's there's a few there's a few people uh, at research labs primarily who have who have kind of done proof of concept. There's uh, a group out of ETH Zurich uh, that has shown a kind of proof of concept indoors. They use foam blocks instead of real construction materials to build this kind of a play tower uh, inside. Um, there there are uh, 
things that make that are much more difficult uh, in a real application. Uh, like they they had they had lots of sensors placed inside so they could tell where the where the drones were flying. Um, those kinds of sensors you can't run outside. Uh, so there's all kinds of other things that that kind of made the project easier in kind of a research setting. Um, but but generally speaking, no. The, a lot of the technology that we're using um, is kind of stuff that has been developed in research labs over the past five years or so. Uh, and, and uh, you know, that's kind of my background is coming from Intel research labs, uh, AI research labs. And so we're just kind of taking that research and bringing it, uh, bring it, putting it into practice. Maybe the, the artificial intelligence, is there a history of, of using artificial intelligence? I mean, other than with drones in building? That's a good question. I mean, I think, I think the, maybe the closest uh, that, that comes comes to it would be um, there's some very beginning basic work on kind of more generative design, uh, and so doing things like uh, designing bridges that that are specifically uh, specifically optimized in, in particular ways. But as far as far as I'm aware, nobody is really using um, AI to actually perform constru- construction work uh, quite yet. There are some people who are using 3D printers uh, to do similar kinds of autonomous construction. Uh, but those tend to not have any any AI. Um, they're they're very similar to uh, you know the kind of thing you would expect in a smaller 3D printer or on a factory line. There's there's not much intelligence uh, in the actual machine in the process. Hmm. I imagine that the the drones would have to be, I guess, sensitive and and learning how how to build, and that would be a bit of a steep. Uh, well, you know, for for a person learning how to build with Cobb, I've done it a little bit myself. Is it's a, it's a little bit of a learning curve, but I imagine that the material itself being so uniform would help that. But Nate, I wanted to turn to you and ask you about what issues and experiences inspired you to get involved working with Terran Robotics. Sure. Yeah. Well, I have known uh, both Danny and Zach for uh, about a decade and a half <laughs> uh, at this point. So we go way back as far as... Um, you know, our interest in the economic and environmental uh, challenges, I guess you could say that we, we face uh, as a global society. That's uh, without, without getting too big picture, I guess that's about as big picture as we can get. Uh, but, it, you know, we've been discussing these issues as friends for a long time. Uh, and then we kind of went our separate paths. Uh, Danny, as you mentioned, became a specialty sort of custom home builder, uh, building tiny homes. Uh, for the past 10 years or so, uh, Zach went in the direction of uh, working in the field of uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence, most recently at Intel. Uh, so that's kind of where he brings that uh, expertise to bear. Uh, and, and my background is, is kind of more entrepreneurial, uh, more in, in marketing. Um, I, uh, but I'm intensely interested in, in the problems that we're trying to solve, uh, you know, the, the big changes that we're trying to make in the world um, in response to your question about, you know, why are we using these earthen materials instead of either traditional building materials like you know drywall and 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 wood and plywood and and um, vinyl siding etc. And really the fundamental answer is if you if you look at the big picture, um, you know earthen building materials which which currently house about 30% of people on the planet, albeit uh, not in the part of the world that that we're familiar with. Um, you know, the so-called developed world, but these materials are the most abundant building materials available to us. Um, uh, and basically what we're, what we're doing is we're saying, you know, let's, 
let's kind of start from first principles and start from scratch and ask, you know, how can we make a house that's 10 times cheaper uh, than, than what's on the market right now? And frankly, you, you just can't do it. As Danny said, the, the materials that we're using now are too expensive. And, and you know, as a result, more and more people are unable to afford a home in, in the United States. Uh, and of course, you know, globally, uh, we have a, you know, we've had a huge population explosion in the past 50 years or so, and, and we're still struggling to house uh, much of the world with, with dignity. So, um, you know, that's, I guess, to, <laughs> to circle back, you know, that's where my interest really lies with this company and with the mission of the company is, you know, how can we solve, what's the human story? How can we solve, you know, this just intimately human problem of, of people needing places to live that they can afford? Um, and, uh, and obviously, you know, the money, the money and the market, you know, come into that in a big way. And I think it, if we can come and in, in, into the market and say, we have, we're building these homes and, and they're going to cost, you know, half the price per square foot, uh, of, of what's on the market right now, I think, you know, we're going to have a big impact and, um, you know, we're, we're getting more and more confident about just solidly going in, in that direction with the, uh, the technology and, and uh, the concepts for the homes that we're going to build. And, you know, pretty soon we're going to start engaging the public more in terms of um, testing the market and, and seeing what uh, our first homes are going to look like. Full disclosure, I lived in what I think might have been the first home, uh, at least one of the first uh, that Danny built. It was an incredibly affordable rent. Yeah, it allowed me to finish college without having to work full time on on top of being in school. Um, I was really lucky to live there, and it it really made my life so much better. Um, but really, what that comes down to is housing affordability. Um, and Nate, I was wondering, um, you're talking about producing these houses potentially, you know, at half the price. What's your vision for affordability? How does affordability play into Taryn's future and present plans? It, it's a huge, it's a huge part of the the vision for the company and, and the mission and, and our and our present plans. Um, you know, essentially, I, I guess to kind of put numbers to it, um, you know, concrete is a, is a relatively affordable building material, right? If you, if you look at um, you know affordable housing around the world, you'll see a decent amount of it built out of concrete. Uh, concrete costs about 50 to 75 dollars per ton okay um and uh th it, there's a little more complexity to it because you know concrete blocks have holes in them so uh some of the some of the structure is actually empty space but you know suffice it to say that even if it's half empty space or 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 even two-thirds empty space you're still using a material that costs 50 to 75 dollars a ton if you compare that to um earthen building materials you know especially clay uh, and in a lot of parts of the world you can use the clay that's in the ground um, and then you use about three parts of clay and then one part of sand and then a pretty marginal amount of straw to uh, produce this earthen building material, variously called cob or adobe, uh, depending on where you are. Um, that mixture, uh, you can produce that for, as a rough estimate, about 10 to $15 uh, per ton. And depending on your delivery costs, you know, if you're digging it out of the ground on the building site, or if you're shipping it, you know, an hour, uh, to the building site, but ultimately, you know, we're talking about a building material that is at least five times less expensive pound for pound than what most people would consider, you know, the most, uh, uh, economical building material 
in the developed world, which is which is concrete. So so really the savings come from the fact that we're building the walls um, and then soon after the floors, uh, which are the bulk of the structure out of this earthen material. Um, and then we're also, uh, when it comes to the rest of the building systems in the house, like the, the roof um, and, uh, you know, the kitchen, the kind of the interior finishings, we're looking at cost savings there as well. Uh, although not as radical as the earthen material that's being used to build the walls and floors. But yeah, to answer your question, that's where the affordability is coming from. There's just the, the inherent abundance, really, and, and then um, and then the associated low cost of those earthen materials. So why why keep the price down? If, if the rest of the market, so to say, is going to be at its current rate and you can produce houses for a lot cheaper, why... Why take the price down and and you know make your own profits potential profits smaller? Sure, sure. I think I think the reason the reason we want to do that. I mean, the the whole reason why we started this company uh, was to lower the cost of living uh, significantly. And and the goal the goal wasn't just to build sustainable houses. You know, we really wanted to pass on those savings and really wanted to to you know provide a provide an opportunity like the one that you had, Aaron, where you know you were able to to put yourself through college and uh, have a, have a reduced rent and and you know pursue the things that you wanted to pursue uh, because of that that lower housing cost uh, and we really just want to want to see more people have that experience. You know we we hear again and again tech companies promising that their products um, are going to democratize and are going to enable increased access to resources for people who may not have them now. Um, and, and sometimes that plays out and, and sometimes it doesn't. How do you see your role in that at the moment? Yeah. So I think, I think by, by focusing on uh, reducing the cost of living, uh, we, we're really uh, you know, kind of cutting at the, that income inequality directly. Uh, you know, we're really, we're not, we, we could build custom homes for, uh, the wealthiest people. This is often a question we get, uh, you know, why don't you start by selling custom homes? Uh, there's a lot of people who want, you know, really fancy eco homes for millions of dollars. Why don't you sell to those people? And frankly, we're just not that interested in those kinds of markets. It's not exciting to us. We would much rather, uh, you know, build, build a future that we want to live in uh, with, with people that we want to live, live with. Uh, and, and so it's, you know, I, I think, I think by focusing on on reducing the cost of delivering, that that's a big a big part of it. And I think also a big part of it is is the thing that you were you were just saying for yourself, uh, Aaron, is just having having that low cost of living means that then you can you can spend your time doing doing other things, uh, pursuing pursuing whatever it is else that you you want to be pursuing. One other thing that strikes me about the project, um, and Zach, I'll just pose this to you once more, is is the environmental side of it. A lot of these building materials do have a polluting effect. Um, the construction industry is is notable for that. We're talking about what you know if it's vinyl siding or whatnot. We're often talking about we're we're often talking about you know oil based products. We're talking about petroleum based products, um, or we're talking about products that require a lot of carbon or greenhouse gases to produce and even after they're produced and they're in the in the structure that's built they could still be polluting for for their um, life in that structure we've obviously seen that with 
kind of some notable examples, some notorious examples like lead or asbestos, it seems like you're not really using those products. You're not using those materials. How do you see the, the environmental responsibility of this company as, as relating to the affordability, relating to the quality of life? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the, uh, you know, traditional, you know, the standard construction process as it, as it stands now is definitely uh, very carbon intensive, very uh, polluting. Uh, and then even once the building is built, there's a lot of energy that goes into heating and cooling these buildings um, that, that is a significant contributor to, to carbon emissions. Uh, and so we, we really are trying to address that both, both of those things, uh, how much energy the building is using uh, as it's being occupied, as well as the, the energy and, and pollution involved in actually creating the building. And I, I think, you know, we, we're definitely focused on, on the environmental aspects. We sort of feel like the sustainability of the company uh, or, you know, the, the, sta- the sustainability of uh, the type of construction we do is critical. Uh, just, it's just kind of a core assumption. Like we just can't continue building ways, building in ways that are polluting. We can't continue building in ways that are uh, increasing carbon emissions. There's just no other choice, and so it's it's almost it's almost just like a given to us, uh, as opposed to um, you know just kind of a a, a hope or a uh, you know so, something that we want to do a little bit of. It's it's more of like a foundational. This has to be part of uh, how we do things from now on. I just have one more question. I'll I'll pose it to any of you all um, who want to take it. Um, what are some of the dreams um, that are most exciting? Um, that you have for for projects that you're working on. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go for it because a lot of times Zach and Danny are too busy, you know, making real things to to <laughs> spend all our time dreaming, and that's where I come in. Um, so I'll I'll do some dreaming for on behalf of uh, of all of us. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, this is something that we talk about quite a bit, uh, all three of us. Uh, the long term vision, I guess. So in the short term. Um, we've kind of set our sights on designing and then uh, building a single-family home that is extremely uh, cost-competitive with existing homes and has all the benefits that we've already kind of covered uh, environmentally um, and in terms of you know saving on energy costs, etc. Uh, and and you know we expect to make a, a, you know a big impact with that. Uh, in the longer term, however, to really realize uh, the full potential of the cost savings, and then also kind of the less tangible benefits of community building um, and just providing a vision of the future that's inspiring. Um, I, we kind of return to uh, a vision that mm, kind of des- describe it as a large scale development uh, involving a lot of multifamily uh, structures, uh, community amenities. Um, specifically, I think what really uh, in, inspires the three of us, or, or really kind of excites the three of us, is the the prospect that when you build larger developments, you know, let's say we were to uh, acquire a 100-acre uh, plot of land in southern Indiana. So we could go to that plot, we could dig up the clay that we would use to build the structures on site. Um, so, you know, bring in excavators, we could dig it all up, we could process it, um, and mix it on site, uh, save a huge amount of cost in terms of transporting the materials. So right there, huge cost savings. Uh, from there, if you start building multifamily structures, all of a sudden, the majority of what we're building becomes this 
these earthen walls and floors themselves because you don't even have to insulate, you know, the interior of these buildings. Uh, and you can do things like share uh, laundry facilities and other amenities. So all of a sudden, it's just the per unit cost starts to go down and down and down. And then essentially <laughs> what's exciting about that is that you're starting to talk about, you know, a housing expense of, you know, $150 a month or, or something like that. Um, and to where people can really start to change their lifestyles um, to live a more community focused lifestyle. Perhaps people will be retiring early or working uh, fewer hours at jobs they don't like so they can start a business or pursue their, you know, some kind of artistic endeavor. So that I think is where we start to get really excited. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess, Long story short is the, the fastest that we can move toward that vision, um, you know, the faster we can move toward that vision, the better. And it's, it's more a matter of what is the step-by-step -step, uh, plan that we can follow uh, that gets us there, um, you know, in, in terms of a practical business um, perspective. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I hope that answers your question. And, and if Danny or Zach, if you want to chime in, <laughs> if I left anything out, uh, you know, feel free. Oh, I guess I just just echo uh, the point that uh, at a larger scale the savings uh, increase significantly. So there's uh, only so much you can do, uh, even if you make the houses uh, for free. Say, let's say we get that somehow down to zero. There's still a huge amount of cost uh, in water treatment and uh, the water lines and the power lines and uh, the roads and and everything else around the house. Uh, and so, uh, kind of longer term, we would like to be uh, thinking about how to reduce the cost of that infrastructure in addition to the to the house, uh, because those those end up becoming a significant portion of the the cost of living uh, as the cost of the house itself decreases. It strikes me that there is a kind of opportunity for community building just inherent in the type of architecture and design. Um, that you're talking about, um, we'll definitely recommend to our listeners to check out Terran Robotics. Um, you can see a lot of their um, kind of rendered designs on um, the Carpenter Owl Facebook page, among other places. Danny Weddle, Zach Dweil, and Nate O'Donnell of Terran Robotics, thanks for joining us on WFHB News. Thanks for having us.